Hello and welcome to Giant Mess, a sloppy sports and entertainment talk show. It's a little bit all over the map. On this here show, we cover New York Giants football, Mets baseball, movie reviews, TV show recaps and reactions. And there are some life lessons and funny life stories along the way. It's hosted by a giant mess. That's me, the real cinch, Neil Lynch. On this episode, we're going to be talking about my trip down to South Carolina for spring break, Easter week. We did some go-kart racing, some strawberry picking. There was a pool day in early April. What? And then there was a beach day. What? Uh, Easter egg hunts, of course, some yard work on my vacation. I took time off to do yard work. Great. My review of the Monster Jam Monster Truck Show we went to in Florence, South Carolina at the Florence Civic Center. So without this, without further ado, well, let's get it started. And yeah, yeah. Spring break, April 1st to April 7th, I think it was, or April 9th. But that first week in April. Right. You got the conclusion of March Madness. Uh, UConn winning the national championship. I won uh, I won my company pool. Not I didn't win the pool, but I got second place in two pools. And that comes with some dough, some money, some prize money. So I won like a almost two hundo for the company pool. And then I won almost a hundo for the uh, the pool I was in with some college buddies. And uh, that's without having seen, like I said. A goddamn lick of men's college basketball this season. Second in two pools. What do you want from me, huh? Neil Stradamus, hard at work. But yeah, so you had the Masters at the end of the week. March Madness concluding at the beginning of the week. And a whole lot of Easter types activities throughout the week. Like I said, the, the kids head off from school. I Bree, preschool didn't have off, but I took her out. So I was like, you don't need to be... Uh, doing any more finger painting your fingers are are you working your fingers to the bone girl uh no more macaroni art okay macaroni needs a break so uh this is coming hot off the trip to orlando for work so i spent damn near monday through thursday it's not a full week Monday through Thursday down in Orlando, Florida, going to the to the Universal Studios Park, but also giving like leading workshops, giving presentations at my company offsite. Just come back late Thursday night and then uh, you know, couldn't sleep a wink. Luckily I worked from home the next day and it took me a full day to get one report out. And then I went and picked up brief from school from daycare and we went to McDonald's in this area for the first time together. So we've been to Wendy's a whole bunch. We have been to Burger King together. I don't know if we've been to Burger King around here, but we went. I decided to take her to this McDonald's. And Wendy's, their kiosk is on point, okay? The kiosk is about as good as it gets. The, Mc, the McDonald's kiosk, the whole process of how they just don't want you to order from a person is so convoluted and confusing. The, the kiosk words it in a way that makes it sound like you either have, uh, you need to have some kind of card. Like it didn't make sense. It was just like, just insert your card. That's all I had to say. Insert your card. Or if you have to pay the cash, then you need to go to the front. So I was like, uh, the way they were, it made it think, uh, well, I just have a credit card and a debit card. I don't have this other card that you're talking about. So <laughs> I guess I had to pay at the front, which sucked. And then they have these, what they call table tents. So and I know most of you are like, dude, Neil, we know how friggin' McDonald's works, but it, it's, 
McDonald's wasn't like this when I was a kid. <laughs> so, and I don't normally go into a lot of McDonald's, you know, over the past 20 some odd years. So there's been some advancements and I got to say, I'm not a huge fan. Like the kiosk thinks the way that it's just very unclear how things are supposed to roll out the whole process. And then they have a table tent, you know, what I'm talking about a little thing that stands up a sign that has your number on it, but there's also the, the table also has a number. So am I supposed to, it says, enter your, the number, enter the number. We're not going to tell you which number and then we'll bring it out to you. And I was like, okay, well this table tent says 20 and this is 765 on the table. What am I supposed to do? Like, it's just, just confusing. And, uh, it was all high school. I'm assuming high school, maybe college kids in, in like the most casual pajama look that I can possibly describe. Like every single teenager in this place was just like, they, they seriously do not give a shit how they look in public. And it's just like, we're not in your boomer take, I guess. Old person's shouting at the clouds, I guess. But God damn, man. Like just, just pajamas and Crocs, dude. That's just how they roll. Super comfortable lifestyle. And uh, I don't want to say I'm here for it because that's not what a 42-year-old man should say. But like it must be kind of relieving in a way. That you don't have to care how people, how you look in public. <laughs> That's coming from me as someone who, uh, how ironic, like just doesn't shave because he's too lazy to shave. Like I'm sh clean shaven tonight because it is getting, it was getting gross and grody. So uh, clean shaven tonight. If you're watching the video, duh. But I can't, and this is coming from a man who has no style, no fashion sense. And for me to come and say, wow, like you really put less than zero effort into what you got going on there is <laughs> saying something. But I'm also, I'm not, I guess I'm more jealous and envious than anything else that they can do that and be on a date. Like there was definitely a guy and a girl on a date and they were just both in like the Buffalo check pajama pants and a hooded, a hooded sweatshirt and like Crocs. And it's just like, Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was, it turned out to be fine. It was, it was okay. But we, Bree decided, my daughter decided that we're going to go where the bar stools are and the countertop and not to a booth, which is much more comfortable. And I realized that even the, the going back to the kiosk and how confusing it is, like I thought I ordered a kid's meal with a cheeseburger. Like literally it says hamburger. I see that part. Then the toppings section where you're supposed to pick your toppings, remove, blah, blah, blah. So like for whatever reason, they still serve kids cheeseburgers with pickles, relish, and all this other garbage. And it's like the kid just wants cheese. You haven't learned that by now? It just leads to too much confusion. It comes with that stuff. You should have to add that stuff. Anyway, so I take all that stuff off. I swear to God, I had cheese added. And of course, it comes out without no cheese. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a whole thing because now she's going to know she's going to take a bite. And she's all happy. She's got this McDonald's and the Happy Meal. And then she's going to take a bite. And it's going to be like, no, you got to do something about this, dad, because I'm not having it. And she didn't notice because I think because I just slathered a ton of ketchup all over it that she just didn't realize. Um. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was McDonald's, I, you know, and, and then she ended up wanting a McFlurry, not a McFlurry. Isn't it a McFlurry? The ice cream that they got there. It was in a white, it was in a cone, I think. Or did I get in a cup? I think I had a cone and that was just, uh, I'm just asking for disaster because, uh, she doesn't eat it fast enough. Like it's either too fast. She gets the brain freeze or it's not fast enough. And it just melts all over her hand onto her, uh, all over her, all over the car. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, so, but no, it was still a good trip. But anytime I'm out with her and it's just the two of us, it is a nice time. So, but it's, it's just, uh, gotta do something about that, that the whole system I got going on there. McDonald's. I don't know if they're going to make it, dude. Small business, you know, in, in a world full of Walmarts, like how does, how does McDonald's survive? The little engine that could. So, um, I decided to let my daughter sleep in my bed. It's like a nice little treat. You know, she's only four. And she asked me nonstop at every waking moment, can I sleep in your bed? We will be like, like we went down to South Carolina. We were hundreds of miles away. Can I sleep in your bed? It's like, in, in no. But I let her sleep in my bed. And then I got bombarded with texts from a friend of a friend of a friend. No. A friend, my cuzzo, my pseudo cuzzo. Uh, she's she's texting me, and um, you know, so I'll say I'll call her my queen to make it simple, because she's very into the queen and British royalty. So I'll call her my queen, even though you know there's some associations you're probably making with that mentally, but don't. It's just like I serve her, like I'm her subject. It's nothing, nothing like romantic or anything like that. It's just my queen. And then the other, the, the other friend is I call ball game. So it's ball game and my queen. And they're both like texting me nonstop. Like, did you like, did you know that uh, our f- mutual friend's father had a quintuple bypass? Didn't even know that's a thing. Pro- I thought you probably you max out a quadruple. I thought that's the only one I've heard go that high. It's like quint- quint- quadruple, quadruple bypass you know i just quintuple that just doesn't make sense to me and so uh you know basically just bombarding me and saying like have you reached out to them you know it'd really be great if you did you know you got to make things right and i was like whoa make things right i'm not the one who caused the heart disease like i'm not the one who's i don't think i broke my friend's father's heart I don't think I did that. Maybe through the pod? Like, is he a listener? I don't know. But it, 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 it was not. I was like, whoa, make things right. What? And I was so tired. But then I just wanted to go to sleep. And then, But I should not have looked at my phone. And I should not have, like, looked at the messages. Because now my mind is racing. You know? What the hell does that mean? I don't know what that is. Make it right. Like, what did I do? I don't even know. And, of course, I didn't get an answer. Got bombarded with texts for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes straight half an hour straight, an hour straight. And, and then I text you back and it's just like crickets. How dare you, my queen. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't sleep because it was like, I, what? And, um, I looked at my sleep app and it's the worst quality of sleep I've ever had with, you know, with, uh, at the time, (laughs) which will tell you, which should tell you what it was like when I actually got in South Carolina, but 49%, I usually don't go below 50 most nights, um, even though it feels like it, but this is 49%. So I was not in a great mood and uh, obviously doesn't help that I had a human octopus in the bed with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just doesn't jive with my brain noodle to wake up, to see my daughter like perpendicular with the bed like a T, T-bone steak with me, with her head almost off the side of the bed and her feet firmly jammed into my asshole. It's just like, I don't get how that is comfortable to you. <laughs> um, but that's, yeah, that's basically how she she gets her slumber, gets her rest. And I'm 
and I, and I, and then I, I'm like, yeah. So whenever she says, why can't I sleep in your bed? And I say, well, you have to learn to sleep on your own. I should probably just say, you know what? Cause you're an octopus and I don't like sleeping with octopi. Okay. Um, so next morning, you know, our flight wasn't until like four something. So, uh, I made the mistake. So I made the, I made the mistake of buying a plane, a buying a plane, buying a flight down there. And then the flights back on Sunday, Easter Sunday were not within my budget. And I've, I have sworn off spirit, right? So spirit is not an option. And all the other flight, all the other carriers are like, well, we're just going to charge you a hand and a foot and a leg, maybe firstborn, not a big deal. So I was like, all right, I'll just rent a car and drive home. It's fine. You know, Easter Sunday is not like a huge, huge deal for us as a family. I don't feel like it has been. and I don't feel like it's big for any family. It feels like Christmas people get up for Thanksgiving. People get up for, you know, it's, there's some hype. There's some excitement. I don't know that Easter Sunday people are like, it's not the same, at least from the adults. It just doesn't feel like it's the same kind of approach and attitude. So, uh, yeah, I decided, well, Easter Sunday, not a huge deal. So I'll just drive back Easter Sunday, rent a car. And then, and then like the weather started to turn. So anyway, I decided I'm going to get an Uber because the public transportation, because we're not flying out of Newark this time, we're flying out of Philly and Newark fairly easy, quote unquote, to get to not as complex as how it is to get to the Philly airport, like Newark. We just get to the train stations two miles away and it's express. It should be express. Or if it's not express, it's just the one, it's just the one train. You don't need to switch at all. It just goes, it's, you know, goes to the the airport stop. Philly's like, all right, we got to figure out a way to get to Trenton. There's no real like long-term parking at Trenton. So we'll have to take an Uber to Trenton. We'll take the train from uh, Trenton, New Jersey transit to this spot. I guess in Philly and then it gets, you get on the SEPTA, but then you have to switch on the SEPTA halfway through for, I don't know what reason. Cause I guess people from Northeast Philly don't fly that often. <laughs> so and I was like, Oh, and it's not a huge cost. It's like 40 bucks total maybe, but it would take us two and a half hours to get to the friggin' airport. Two hours, about two hours. Like that's, I live 40 miles away. Without traffic, it would be a 40, 45 minute drive, I think. And for the Super, it's going to be an hour. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Let's do it. So I'm going to be driving back. And like, it's the same price as if you were to blah, blah, blah. You know, just justifying in my head. So I ordered an Uber. And the Uber got here right when I wanted it to. And I always have this very nervous interaction with them once they see that I have a four-year-old because I don't know that every Uber driver like when they sign up they're necessarily prepared for that kind of stuff especially in the burbs I feel like uh you know the, the Uber only offers car seats for kids in New York City that's the like I I swear it's the only city that they offer that which is bananas but uh yeah you don't i don't think a lot of the uber drivers are prepared to see an adult and a child get an uber <laughs> outside of city limits apparently so there's always that awkward moment like hey there's a kid with me i know you, it only looks like there's one person and i don't know if i'm supposed to enter that kind of information into your app little app that you got going there your little startup but uh <laughs> yeah i was just like yeah i got a four-year-old so is that cool yeah cool so uh, on our way to the airport, we we hit some traffic, of course. 
almost a dead stop, grinding to a dead stop. It was not, it was crawling along. Eventually it cleared up and we looked and it was a four car accident that I could see four cars involved. One car, the entire back was pushed in another car that like the side was like concaved in. And then when their front was caved in, it was like each car had a, a separate piece of the car that got damaged and something I've never seen before. And once we got to the airport, uh, I saw a mom struggling with her kid, her little kid. And it was nice. Uh, it, it was um, it looked like she was trying to wrestle an eel. You know, it was just like and I eventually experienced that later on down in South Carolina. But it, it's just it's a awkward situation because you're the kids it's human nature to pay attention to that like if you we're, we're standing in line to go through security and you're in front of me and you're struggling with this kid i see it there's no way i can't see it like and and the person in this other portion of the friggin' snake's belly uh he's he's looking and everyone's just like we wish you didn't have to go through that like that's just the mindset of every parent there is like we we've all been there and we're hoping that you're able to make this make it through this just know that it's going to be okay <laughs> um so yeah dad the dad eventually showed up and and she was like in tears she, i could see her wiping away tears um and you know he she had someone else some guy like in the, in the next line who had been watching me he like chimes in with his little token of advice and it's like it's just funny how like we have to sit there and watch it and wait to like offer our condolences. It's just it's a very interesting dynamic where it's like we're just watching and we want to help, but we know we probably can't. And uh, so we're just watching and we're waiting for it to end so that we can go and be like, hey, so sorry. So sorry to go through that. <laughs> I, uh, I wanted to get lunch with Bree before the flight and she just wanted snacks she's just a snack gal she's a snack lady she loves her snacks so i got her this huge bag of doritos because they didn't have anything smaller and she ate the whole thing and and she does this thing where i don't know if this is normal or not when you eat a bag of doritos or anything covered in cheese dust or whatever powder i think most people kids included would not finish the whole bag before licking their fingers, right? Like they would eventually, like every handful or two, three or four handfuls, you would lick your fingers and, and move on. Because I feel like if you have too much cake cheese dust on your fingers, I don't know. But Brie went the, through the entire bag and her I've never seen fingers more covered in cheese dust. Like they look like gloves. Like instead of fingerless gloves, like the opposite of fingerless gloves, like it was just the fingertips are covered in these gloves and uh, just the thick orange, you know, and then she's, she went to wipe it on me and I was like, dude, what are you doing? We have napkins. Not only that, you're set up for glory, for absolute nirvana bliss heaven. Just lick your fingers. You'll thank me in the morning. Um, of course, at the gate, I, uh, bore witness to the most hardcore of mothers on this planet a hardcore mom to the core to the to the bone down to the bone marrow like just couldn't not say things to her kids you know that kind of mom where it's like stating the obvious 
warning, making threats, scolding, warning, nonstop, like nonstop commentary on what the kids are doing. And it's just like, STFU, dude. I've, I've said two words to my daughter since we've been, been at this gate for the past hour. Good job. <laughs> That's basically all I said to her. This mom was just anything, anything that the kid did, it warranted a comment or question, a concern, some feedback. Like it, I've never seen anything like it. Even when we, uh, when we got to Myrtle Beach Airport and we're at the baggage check, it was just like, are, are, is this a game show? Are you competing right now? Are you in first? You have to be in first place because you're the most hardcore mom I've ever met. Like, chill out. Your kids are going to be effed just like the rest of us. Everyone gets effed. And it's not necessarily you that did it, but it's some other factors, but maybe you are partially to blame. We got on the plane and my daughter was just a so fidgety, just like, and much like Spirit Frontier doesn't have the lock on your tray. That's why when they say, put your tray in the upright and locked position and that little spiel they give at the beginning. And I'm like, are you familiar with your trays? There's nothing to lock. There's no lock. Anyway, she was playing with the tray. She's playing with the window shade. She's playing with her buckle. She's playing with this, playing with that, playing with this. And I was just like, and I was, I'm fine with it. But the college high school college kids that were sitting around me couldn't deal. <laughs> and I think a lot of people, again, there's the, the two factions, right? The, the, the adults that have kids and the, the, and then other people that don't have kids. <laughs> they just, the, the level of understanding is, uh, is so disparate. It's crazy. <laughs> but she also likes to say stuff like, I like going up and down, up and down, up and down. When is it going to go up and down? And I'm like, well, it's just, it's going to go up. And then I have to watch my phrasing here. Right. I think we all do. It's like, I'm the normally what you would say is, well, it's going to go up and then it's going to go down. But you can't say go down on an air, <laughs> on an airplane, you know, no matter how much you want that <laughs> to go down on a plane. Um, you can't say it. People think it's the plane's crashing. Like, it's just, I don't know why that's the term that people lock onto, but like, you know, so she's like, I want to go up and down, up and down. I want to, and I was like, well, we go, we're going to go up and then we are going, uh, we're going to come down. Nope. We're going to descend. <laughs> we're going to land, you know, safely, you know? And then, uh, so when we're, we're in our descent and we are traveling down towards the earth in a calm, orderly fashion, not crashing, she screams, we're going down. <laughs> like as soon as we start our descent, we're going down. She's yelling that. I'm like, okay, we're not yet. Yeah, I mean, yes, as adults, we all understand we are going, we went up and now we're going down. <laughs> Uh, but uh my family our family picked us up and we took us to a restaurant called the grumpy monk which i've been to before and i've enjoyed thoroughly but this go around we got there at like 6 30 and then we were told there was a 45 minute wait and uh as we know from my trip to the orlando airport where i went to on the border and the lady told me it was a 45 minute wait i waited maybe five minutes before getting seated <laughs> it can go either way. We weren't seated until almost 8.30. Almost two hours after being told it was going to be 45 minutes. Two hours later, we got a seat. 
And um, we didn't get our food until probably 9.30-ish. And then we get home to like 10.30-ish. So yeah, it, people got hangry. People got cranky. Um, there was some snarling, some growling, some sniping, some snapping. But the food was still pretty awesome. I had a Uncle Jesse's burrito, which is a mix of three different meats. What are you talking about? A little chicken, a little beef, and a little pork. What are you talking about, dude? I'm so good. Then they had these things called adult chicken fingers, which uh, some of you might think, oh, it's chicken finger shaped like a penis, right? And it's like, no, 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 no. It's just a bigger, like... When you think of a chicken finger, you think of them for kids, right? Well, these are bigger, so they're adult-sized. Oh, boy. But, I mean, the food the food is good. It's just like after three hours of waiting, I don't know that you're going to win me over with uh, this burrito. I mean, it, it, damn near close. Damn near almost did it. And uh, the tequila and soda helped as well. <laughs> I think that made the the uh, suffering go down nice and smooth. The next day we went to a, uh, my cousin's cousins. No, my nephew's and niece's cousin had a birthday party at an RV park, which, uh, I've never, we went to this RV park before, but we were mostly, we weren't like hanging out amongst the RVs. You know, there's like a little lagoon lake area, and they have like a bunch of inflatables in the lake. And so you can go in and play around with that. And then they actually have a pool next to that. And then they have like indoor games, like pop a shot and ping pong and air hockey and all that. Well, this time we were amongst the RVs and I decided that would be a good time to call my friend to see how his father's doing after the quintuple bypass. And we ended up talking for like half an hour to an hour. Like the like the birthday party's singing happy birthday. There are gifts being handed out. And I'm just, it's like I'm missing it all to talk to my friends. But it was good to talk to them. And good to know that his father is recovering well. Although like in typical dad fashion, can't sit, can't just sit there and rest. I don't know. I feel like I if someone told me, hey, maybe take it easy. Like even if they said take it easy, not like, hey, you can't do any activity. They were just like, you yeah, know, just take it easy. I would, I would literally take it the easiest. Like I would not move from my chair. I just watch TV and, and be fine. But, uh, he constantly wanted to get up and help. And it's like, no, actually you just had five things locked in your heart and they were removed emergency style. So, um, <laughs> maybe just relax. Aaron Rodgers, is he available? Get him in here. Uh, and then by, so by the time I got around to eating the food at the, the birthday party, it was, uh, it was like had that sweat on it. Do you know when, cause it's, it's the weather down in South Carolina is warm. It's hot. Like I think I packed only shorts and t-shirts and, and short sleeve shirts for us to go down there because it's just, it's just another, it's another country at this point. It's uh much warmer than what we got going on, what we had going on in Jersey. So, um, where the hell was I going with that? Oh, so the food that's out on the table, it's all like kind of been hanging out there. It doesn't look like it's been, it doesn't look like they just put it out, you know? And so the beads of sweat on all the food. And I'm like, I don't know if I should be eating this. If it's <laughs> trying to, if it's trying to shed some LBs, like what is, uh, you know, it's super slippery. Whoa. 
but of course I couldn't resist. And so I had like a bunch of pepperonis, <laughs> buffalo chicken dip. Um, and I was like, you know what? You only live once. And if this is how I go, then this is how I go. You can't live in fear. Um, so the next day we're at breakfast and I, I, when I go down there, I kind of feel like a huge piece of crap because I, I do kind of lean, lean very heavily on my sister who already has three kids to kind of also take care of my daughter. And I help out when I can, but like I'm on vacation and I want to sleep in a little bit, but I still felt guilty about it. Cause I was like, I know like if my brother-in-law is not there and my mother's not there, it's just her and four kids. Like you're out, man, you're out gunned, you know, wave the white flag. So I do feel a little bit bad, but every time I'm down there, they do let me sleep in, which I appreciate and is nice, but I also, I also feel guilty about it. So I came down for breakfast. My daughter's like, uh, daddy, why do you sleep so late? (laughs) Why do you, why do you sleep so much? (laughs) Everyone was like really taken back by it because it's, it's a question that you wouldn't, I don't think you would normally hear from a four-year-old or that, you know, probably everyone was thinking at that table in that kitchen and had just didn't think to ask it or already knew the answer to it, you know, so they don't ask it. But my daughter was genuinely curious, like, why do you sleep so much? And why do you sleep so late? And asking in such a way where it's like, what are you, what are you doing? What is wrong with you? (laughs) Again, from a four-year-old. And so I, I was, I laughed and I just said, yeah, it's clinical depression. That's what's, that's what that is. <laughs> it's like, you'd rather be unconscious and, uh, asleep escape into your dreams and or nightmares and or night terrors and not have to deal with reality in real life. <laughs> um, on this day though, we went, we did decide to go go-kart racing, which is interesting. I don't think I've been go-kart racing in a long, long time since I was a kid, probably. So like 20, 30 years. So excited about that. And we stopped on our way to get lunch at Chick-fil-A. Um, and it's, I've wanted to get Chick-fil-A for my daughter for a while. I've wanted to go to Chick-fil-A with my daughter and get out of this. I call it a funk, but it's not a funk. It's just what her preference is. She's when we go date night, you know, once or twice, uh, every other, every other weekend, date night, dinner, you know, just the two of us. I want to take her to Chick-fil-A. I was even trying to push Chick-fil-A on her in the airport just to get her out of this cheeseburger in paradise phase where it's like every time we go to date night for dinner, it's cheeseburger and fries, ketchup, cheeseburger, fries, ketchup, cheeseburger. It's like, I want to kind of break the cycle so we can expand and I want to start with Chick-fil-A. But she said no in the airport. And I don't think she was too excited about us getting it for lunch that day. Um... So when we get, when we did the order, it was like, all right, well, we'll do it, but she probably won't eat it. And, and like, sure enough, we get to the go-kart racing place and I look back and it's just like, she hasn't really eaten any of her meal, like hardly any nuggets and hardly any of the fries. And so, uh, we wanted to clean up the car a little bit. And my sister was just like, yeah, oh, you could probably just, you can just eat hers. It's fine. Just eat hers. Like, you know we don't want to waste these nuggets. So if someone has to eat them, you should eat them. So I did. I just wolfed them down. And of course, after we got done with the go-kart racing, we come back in the car and 
she's like, what, where are my nuggets? And I was like, oh, um, we didn't think you wanted them. So I ate them. She's like, you ate my nuggets and started to break down and cry and totally lose it. And I was just like, oh my God, what are the odds? And you've seen this before pan out on sitcoms and whatnot. It's like, you knew this was coming. Why didn't you just pop your head out and be like, Hey, Brielle, are you going to have these? Are you saving these nuggets for later? Cause apparently that's what she was doing. Cause that's what kids do. And I, I forgot that kids like as a kid, I might not have done it, but I know that other kids do it where it's like, they'll eat a bite and then it'll be like, save this for later. There's something about like saving it for later. That is so cool to a kid. And uh, I just forgot that the kids like to do that. And that's what she was doing. She's like, I was saving it for later. I was saving it for when we came back from go-kart racing. Like in her her head, her mind, she had this idea of the chain of events that needed to happen to make her really happy. And for her, it was go-kart racing first, then nuggets. (laughs) It's like she got so upset and uh, I felt so bad. But it was just like, we we just thought you like... (laughs) How often do you just not eat your dinner and then we have to put it in a box and we're able to put it in a fridge? We're not able to do that with these nugs, man. Oh, my God. But go-kart racing was fun. It was a place in Myrtle Beach. I think it was North Myrtle Beach off uh, what I think is 501. I know. I don't know. The one that runs parallel with the ocean. Ocean. So two, like, tracks on either end of the park. And then there's some more smaller kids stuff. Like I think there's a smaller kids track. And then there's also a carousel, like maybe two or three other rides for small kids. It would, it would appear. So we spent most of our time on the tracks and my brother-in-law is, uh, is a freaking savage dude. And I, and I'm really disappointed and mad at myself and frustrated that I feel like it's so necessary to follow the rules at all times. And I know some of my friends who are, are like drinking buddies would probably say, what the hell are you talking about? Follow the rules. Like I saw you moon a cop. What do you, what, what do you mean you follow the rules? Like, oh boy. So, but yeah, I, and so it's, they make a big speech about it before they like let you take off onto the track. They're like, no bumping, no swerving, and no, you can't have your phone. No use your phone. Give me a thumbs up if you understand. Like, I feel bad for that guy, too, because he has to say that much like the performers, the like live action performers that were at uh, the Fast and Furious Supercharged ride at Universal Studios, where they're like, kill me, kill me. Um, This guy was on par with that, where it's like, you don't need a human being to say this before every um, before every race. Just have a recording, like literally have a big speaker at the front push a button and it says the thing like you're making this guy say this at least a hundred times a day. Cause each race lasted maybe five minutes. No, that seems too long. Three minutes, five minutes, less than five minutes. And you're open eight hours at least. Oof. Woo. There's a better way. Let's figure it out. But yeah, so I wasn't bumping and I wasn't swerving and I wasn't using my phone. I was following the rules. And yet my brother-in-law is just, he just, it dominated the track. It didn't matter where he started in line. He could have been dead last. He made his way to first every single freaking time. And he just kept saying, rubbing his racing, rubbing his racing. And I, and I was like, I didn't get to see it firsthand until maybe one of the last rides, but he, there was a girl in front. There was one 
uh, race, whereas like every single go-kart car was in use, which I didn't think they ever accounted for. It's like there's only so much space and this is this track is only so wide and so long and like are people even going to be going get to go full speed with a, a thousand go-karts on the track? So there was a girl in front of me. I could not get around her. She just kept cutting me off, cutting me off. And so uh, I just hear him yell from behind me, hey, buddy. And as I look, he then makes his move and like uh, is able to, to cut me off and get ahead of me. And then and then I'm stuck behind him who's stuck behind this girl who was a pro, by the way, because my brother-in-law is coming up from behind and keeps tapping her rear end and tapping her around to get her to spin out and tap and tap and tap and tap. And she's just not just keeping strong, keeping steady. Most impressive thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but my brother was just straight up harassing this stranger. And that wasn't the only stranger he harassed on that day. I think one lady, he said that one lady stopped in the middle of the race and quit. Like literally unbuckled and walked off the, <laughs> the course because of his actions and his behavior. Wow. But that's, uh, I would say at this point, maybe he's living a better life. And me, who refused to touch and bump and rub the way God intended. So uh, I, I was a huge fan of go-kart racing until uh, towards towards the end, The uh, my youngest nephew, he started to lose it. And I, def- I was reenacting what that mother had gone through at the airport in the security line. Like just trying to hold on to this dude. The, the difference is that I'm older. I don't, I don't know why... She cried. I, well, I mean, I know why she cried. I mean, it was just like, it, that's de- it's, it's just drains you. I get it. But for some reason in this environment, me and my nephew, it was like, I could, I could do this. I could do this all day. I was like friggin' Steve Rogers, Captain America. I can do this all day. Cause he would try and slip out and like peel back and lean back. And like, these kids, these, these, I mean, he's going to be two. He's gonna be two in May, right? Yeah. It's gonna be two in May. She's so not even two yet, but these two-year-olds, they don't, they don't care. They're willing to die to get out of your arms. Like this kid, this kid doesn't realize that if he just suddenly jerks his head back and tries to do like a backflip somersault out of my friggin' arms, that he's not going to land on his freaking neck and be in a wheelchair. <laughs> these kids. But I, was, I, I, um, eventually my niece came over with the car keys and was like, you can, you can take him to the car. We're almost done. You can take him to the car. Cause he was trying to like climb like through the gates onto the track into a car. This guy wants to race. He's sick of watching others. He wants to do. And I get it. I'm right there with him. But, uh, yeah. So then trying to, and this kid's an eater, man. Like we, I unlocked the car, I put him in the car and without, within five seconds, he's already had his hands in three other person's meals to eat their meals. And it didn't matter if it was cold, hot, warm. It was just, he was throwing it right down the gullet and just chewing like a madman and looking like, <laughs> like he just needed his fix and he got it. Cause after he, he stuffed his face with like other people's leftovers, <laughs> he like finally just sat down in his chair. was just like so proud of himself. So fat and happy. Ugh. But yeah. I highly recommend go. I, I mean, I recommend go car racing. I think it's good. It's crazy that we were able to <coughs> squeeze out as much time as we did at that place. Cause that's all we did was those two tracks. And it, it was cool every time. It's just uh, interesting that like, okay, we're just going to do this track again do the same turns again, 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 again. And we still think it's awesome. 
When we got back to the, the crib, I had a cigar and some Trulies in the new hot tub. That's right, ladies and gents. The estates, the palace, the mansion, uh, the compound, maybe is a better word for it. They got a hot tub. And it's glorious. It's great. They have these jets that you can turn on. Like they have the the bucket seats in each corner, the I guess benches in between, and uh, they you sit in the bucket seat in the corner, and they have these jets that are just like all up and down your back and your butt crack, and it's like so perfect, so very perfect. And uh, I know cigar in a hot tub can be tricky and can be tough. You just got to keep your eyes on the on the prize, like. Yeah, keep the keep it all on the exterior, right around the ledge there. You go in for smoke, you bring it out, and you flick, and you're you're fine. But I do feel bad about when I smoke cigars. Like to me, the cool part is blowing that huge cloud of smoke. <laughs> but at the same time, I hate how it's like uh, it might be impacting the kids. I don't mean like physically, but like psychologically. Like, is it gonna turn them on to like smoking, smoking? Are they gonna vape? Because apparently every kid vapes. Gotta watch out for that. It's like, at least if you were 11 or 12 and you smoked a cigarette, your parents, your mom or dad could probably just like smell it on you and be like, hey, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? Those cans of sticks, those twigs. Um, but vaping, there's no smell. You know, and it's not like smoking up and they like they get red eyed like, you know, it's like you got to do like a popcorn lung tester type thing scan. Like, how do you tell? You can't. Anyway, I enjoyed it, but I do know that uh, that's like the I mean, that's like the the height of luxury. (laughs) So good. And then we had steak tacos. My my brother-in-law, he cooked up some flank steaks, some beautifully seasoned spiced Plank steak on like the wood burning grill, wood pellet grill, and had a bunch like first, seconds, thirds, fourths, please. That so good. And then and then after that, we did a a, a back workout. So I did a, a what was it Sunday? I did a chest workout in my bare feet, which I I used to think that that was a hardo move. And I was like, what do you, do you just want to show off your jacked feet? Like why you can't just throw on some freaking shoes and socks, dude? Like, come on. Like you're just so, you're poser, you're hardo. And then I did it in my bare feet and I was like, I, I understand now. This feels great. I feel like a, a caveman in a way. But, uh, yeah, so we did a back workout and as big as my, as much surface area that, that my back has, <laughs> It is not, that surface area is not occupied by, uh, by muscle. <laughs> it's just thick blubber, I think. Cause I, I like, I can't do a push up. I can't do a pull up. I can barely do a fruit roll up. You know, it's, it's just rough. It's so rough. And my sister now is legitimately a bodybuilder. Like my brother is like a bodybuilder on his, on his way. And I, I'm, I marvel at how it's just like, he's just getting so freaking swole. And then my sister, like, I didn't notice until she put on her workout clothes, but like, just, she's getting like a bodybuilder, like definition in the arms where you can see like with me, my friggin' bicep just runs into my neck. Like I don't need, there's no like, oh, that's where the bicep ends. And this is where the shoulder begins. Like there's no definition anywhere. She has definition and you can see it when she does a rep. Like I'm just like, oh my God. Oh, so that's how it's supposed to look. Hmm. Interesting. 
Um, so yeah, wasn't too happy with the back workout. There's the, there's few workouts, any upper body workout. I'm just not going to be a fan other than maybe, maybe shoulders to a certain degree. But even that, it's just like, it's just a reminder of how weak I am. Leg workout. I don't mind. Like I'd much prefer to do a leg workout, but then I forget like, Oh, if you haven't done it in a long time, or if you decide like you can do a couple of few extra reps, cause you're, you're like, you don't feel the failure like you do in your upper body. And then your legs are sore for the next week, which they were <laughs> like that first day after I was like, yeah, oh, it's not so bad for not having done legs in a very long time. I think it's, it's not so bad. And then the next day it got worse. And then the following day was worse and then worse. And I was just like, uh, uh, walking around like Gumby, um, or a character in South Park. It's like, there's no bend in my legs. I can't like squat. I can't sit down, stand up, you know, normal human being things. Um, Next day, we played Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza, which is a card game I got my niece for Christmas, I believe. I believe she opened it and she was like, oh, cool, thanks. And then immediately put it aside. And I was like, she's never going to play that card game. <laughs> but apparently, uh, her parents kept on chipping away at her and convinced her to play. And it's now like one of her favorite games. So we played that. And uh, <laughs> my nephew cried. I feel like my nephew cried during every activity. It's insane the the range of emotions that kids have. I've, I've, I'm I'm in awe and marvel at the fact that they can like my nephew could be crying, bawling his eyes out, big tears just plopping out of his eye ducts, and like arms crossed and just gritting his teeth and so furious to literally within five seconds laughing his tits off. Like what? How do you do that? I haven't done either of those things in five years on their own much less within five seconds of each other. So, uh, yeah, I think he cried during that. Cause it, it, it's a lot about being fair at that age. That's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. And it's, it's, it's like, you got to hammer it into their heads or at least I'm trying to hammer it into my daughter's heads. Like, uh, yes, life is not fair. How are you going to handle that lady? Cause I didn't handle it very well. And I don't think my nephew is going to be able to handle it very well. You know, it was a game where I was like, oh, well, you know, she's cheating because my, my daughter was trying to play as well, but she doesn't know what the hell's going on. And so, you know, accused her of cheating and then, uh, you know, just fighting with his sister. And it was just like, <coughs> that's the, it, it's just wild. The roller coaster of emotions. Like, we're going to play Taco Cat, go cheese pizza. Yeah. Yeah freaking out and then immediately getting angry that his sister did something and then being back to being like exuberant about this frigging game then to accuse someone cheating getting super angry back to just a uh, max volume like i have my uh, you know this if you have an apple watch you know what i'm talking about but the loud notification uh loud environment notification that you get where it's like the little yellow e the yellow ear that comes up and says you're the the current volume is uh rather loud and you know sustained volumes that exceed 80 decibels or something like that for more than five hours can result in hearing loss and hearing damage or something like that that friggin notification on my apple watch was constantly going off in this house just constantly notify like it's loud hey hey 
not sure if you saw this, it's loud. Hey, it's <laughs> still loud. Remember that whole five hour thing? You're going to get hearing loss. Like, is, is this you trying to disprove me? Why are you doing this to me? That's the Apple Watch talking. But yeah, that thing was going off nonstop. I swear there's something, something <coughs> going on with my nephew. So loud. So loud. And I, uh, the, the worst is, and this only happened to me once down there, but my, I don't know when this happens. I don't know if I don't get enough sleep or if I'm have a hangover or something, but like when, when my nephew talks loud or or anyone talks loud, it can be just, just above like normal speaking voice. I get my, my, I can feel my eardrums like shaking and pulsing or vibrating with the sound. So it's like, you speak and it's like I can feel the sound wave like hit my uh, eardrums. I don't know if anyone else experiences this. It is the worst. And so, uh, yeah, my nephew's not. <laughs> uh, he's a loud kid. He's a good kid. Just a little loud. Um, we ended up going strawberry picking, which was fun. I'd never been strawberry picking before. These orchards that went nearby. And uh, you pay. Or no, you get a bucket, you just walk down these massive rows of strawberry fields and pick the ones you like, put them in the bucket, come pay for it. And uh, I forget how good strawberries are. And I think I went off on, I, I swore off strawberries for a little bit because I just kept hearing things and seeing things about like, oh, do you know how that shit's ma- like grows? You know what goes on inside a strawberry? like oh dear god then my sister was like yeah what i like to do is i like to soak them in vinegar and water and that really clears everything out you know makes it clean to eat so i was like oh that's that's a good idea i guess maybe i'm back in on strawberries um very cool and of course you know each, each kid has to have their own bucket right this is my bucket i want this bucket i picked it out this bucket is mine you know that's very important to have your own bucket and then be in a competition with the other kids to see who could pick more strawberries. And I got to admit, for three kids under 10, four kids under 10, they pick some good strawberries. We got some strawberry, we got some strawberry picking talent in the family because not one had any like mold or was like a, you know, brown or mushy or anything like that or had white crap all over it. Just I would say almost 100% success rate, which is unheard of. When picking strawberries, so I've heard. So uh, that was a good time. I, I will say, I think I still like I'd still have to go apple picking, even though I don't like apple picking because it always takes away from my ability to watch football. <laughs> I feel like apple picking is always during that time of year where I don't know what the the temperature is weird. It's like it's almost hot like summer but there's like a wind and like if i take off the vest i'm i'm cold i put it on i'm hot Ugh. but the 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 idea that the apples are usually at you know standing height you know eye eye level and you don't have to bend down a million times that's the one thing that did suck about strawberry picking was like oh, i'm just i have to bend down and take a knee like every time i see something so um that was cool uh we went to a rock store this is how you know you got money when you buy rocks. What? I remember, I remember, so I do remember when we were living in Rhode Island in Cranston and I'd go over to my buddy's place 
on uh, what is it, Collinsworth Drive, Collinswood Road, or something like that. And if my buddy would say, I would go near the rocks because they had rocks, like uh, in their backyard, their front yard, side yard, whatever. And I went to I went to go t- like pick up a rock, probably to throw it at something. And my buddy's like, "Don't don't touch it, don't dude, don't touch the rocks." And I was like, "What? Get out of here!" And I like continue. He's like, "No, my father will lose his goddamn mind if he sees you disturbing the current structure of this of the rocks." Like the current layout of these rocks, if one rock moves more than a centimeter, my dad's going to flip his shit. <coughs> and I was like, uh, I think it's bullshit, whatever. And so I ended up like putting it down. And I remember we played basketball and we must have been in the heat of competition because we didn't realize that we must have knocked a couple of the rocks like out of the formation and they went on the driveway and he came out and was not having it. <laughs> It's just like, you know, talking and cussing and swearing like a mile a minute um, and just undressing us up and down and just like, you're just, just, you're just taking it. There's no, you can't like interject because it's just like, and it's not like out of control, like volatile, violent. It's just like raised voice, steady, consistent, putting down and volume, (laughs) you know? Like you weren't worried that he was going to attack you physically or anything like that, but like you're just getting undressed in public in front of people right now. <laughs> so yeah, we went to the rock store to, to uh, pay by check because the store charges if you use a credit card, which how do you know? And uh, this is just a very ignorant question, but how do you know you're in the South without saying you're from the South? Like people pay by check. It's just crazy to me, but it's not a Southern thing. That's literally a lot of places across this great, great nation of ours. Um, so yeah, we had to go to the rock store to pay by check to pay money for rocks, which always throws me for a loop, but there's also people that pay for mulch and it's just like things you wouldn't think you had to pay for, for 200 Alex <laughs> rocks. That's how you know you made it when you're paying for rocks. Uh, my aunt, my brother-in-law also got a sweet, or he was supposed to get a sweet custom Coastal Carolina hockey team jersey, which is awesome. And he was going to customize it, and of course, it, it came in wrong, so we had to go and return that. Um, and uh, But we also had to pay, and we had to pay by check. <laughs> Ugh. But the way the, on the way there to, to Coastal Carolina, my sister points out, uh, and I'm looking left and right. I'm just looking around, like taking it in. My sister goes, well, you know, the, this is where a lot of the college kids live. And it's like, she didn't even get done saying that sentence. And I looked over and I saw a couch on a roof. And I was like, oh, this is, yeah, this is where the college kids live. <laughs> Which normalize couches on roofs. Why don't we have more seating on our roof? Feels like a missed opportunity here. Like, I would love to sit up there, just take it in like a, like a crow's nest. Every house should have a crow's nest. Damn, that sounds good. Uh, um, we went to one McDonald's to get the kids ice cream, and they didn't have ice cream, which is uh, outrageous. How does that happen? <laughs> um, 
So we ended up just giving them, getting them drinks. And then we went to the grocery store and then we went to a second McDonald's, two McDonald's in one day. Uh, and we were able to get the ice cream. I think it was after we got the second uh, McDonald's. <laughs> oh, then maybe then we went to the grocery store because uh, my nephew, in addition to being uh, living out loud, living loud and proud, you know, he also pees a ton. I don't know what's going on, but it feels like every stop, every hour, every half hour, he's like, we'll, we'll be getting to a new place or move, like coming away from a place and be like, I have to pee. I have to pee, I have to pee, I have to pee. <laughs> he had to pee at the rock store. He had to pee at the um, custom Jersey place. And then uh, we get to the grocery store and he had to pee. And I was like, my man, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I kind of have to stay here and hold down the fort. And he's like, all right, just uh, dump out my Pepsi. I'm going to go in there. And sure enough, this kid, dump it out. And I bring over the cup and he just, he whizzes and he fills the whole freaking thing. I mean, this is like a, a draft, like a solo red cup worth of pee. Maybe bigger, probably bigger. And he was just like, hey, 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 as his hand is shaking, he's so happy with himself and laughing that his he's, the cup of piss he's holding is shaking. And then I have to get out of the car and calmly walk over like, hey, you dumped that first drink just right on the asphalt there in the parking lot, just right out the door. You dropped it. So why are you carrying that cup of apple juice to the sewer? <laughs> oh, dear God. And we had a chicken bog for dinner. Chicken bog, which I first had back in, I want to say, 2010, maybe 2011, where we went to my brother-in-law's brother's place, an RV, uh, home, mobile home, that kind of thing. And uh, his girlfriend, eventually fiance, eventually wife, eventually ex-wife, made us chicken bog. And uh, I couldn't believe it was a real thing. It's like you live on this earth for 30 years. You think you pretty much know just about everything there is to know. And then chicken bog comes into your life. Chicken bog. It was good. I like it. It's uh, I, how to describe it. it. I don't think it's rice. Is it rice? Yes. Yellow rice, I think. With like Polish kielbasa or sausage, Polish sausage and chicken, obviously. And you kind of, I don't know if you slow cook it, but it's in like a pot. Put it all, throw it all together, and then you can throw whatever you want on it, like hot sauce and whatnot. That was good. It's it's very it's very addictive. You know, you kind of like eat it quick without knowing you're eating it quick. That kind of food, that kind of cuisine, that kind of meal. And uh, then we did Armageddon, as my brother-in-law likes to say, buys and tries, bro. And uh, I use I I used to be. Pr- proud i'll say prouder of my buys and tries when i was like in college right out of college worked on them a lot for the ladies mostly uh did not work and now i'm an elder lady i'm uh i'm basically doing like you know those uh speed walking um grandmas that are fit that wear like the ankle weights and the and the yeah that's like my level of strength right now is like ankle weights and wrist cuffs it's so sad what's happened by my buys and tries. They used to be my pride and joy. They really, they really were. And, uh, now, um, um, my sister has like, <laughs> she's like, and not, uh, not quite she Hulk, but like I on the path to she Hulk, but a lot funnier. 
my opinion. Um, and of course, my brother-in-law uh, the, likes to play his music loud. <laughs> he's, he's an American. And he has that right. And it's his house and it's his garage and it's his time. You know, <laughs> It's like, all right, king, king, king of the castle. We get it. But the kids came down and they were like, we can't sleep. The music's too loud. And he was like, well, well, you're going to stay up anyway or something like that. And I was just like, ah, oh, would it be easier to turn it down? And they came down, a, they came down a, a second time and uh, my daughter was crying. And my, my nephew was like, she's crying because uh, she, she thinks you're mad at her. And I was just like, Ad. oh, yeah. And she, she wanted a kiss and a hug, which I provided. But she thought I was mad at her, and, it was, and I felt like saying, "No, no, no! I'm not mad at you." When 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 you saw me, I was hating myself very hard because I am a weak person. <laughs> and it's a yeah, that's what's going on there. I'm not mad at you. I'm just in my own personal hell because I suck at lifting, and I have to look at my younger kid sister just crushing, <laughs> and be like, "Where? Whoa! Where did I?" What happened? But uh, ultimately, I ended up caving in and buying a flight home because the thought, because the weather was supposed to be pretty nasty over the weekend, like a lot of rain. And I'm like, that means, you know, Easter Sunday, does that mean people are going to be with their families and they're not going to be driving as much? Or is it going to be more driving no matter where I go? And you add in rain, that's going to add in at least two or three accidents, which means it's going to be like 12 hours in the road. Oh boy. I did not download enough. <laughs> movies on the iPad to get through that. So I ended up just buying a flight back. It was a day early. You know, originally I wanted to leave like Sunday afternoon, Easter Sunday afternoon, but uh, this one was Saturday night. Um, and you know, ultimately I think it was for the best. I think it made sense. Cause I don't know that we would have survived that. And of course I didn't sleep a wink that night, Tuesday night, you know, those, you know, those nights where it's like, you honestly think that you didn't sleep at all, not even a single minute. It's like, you, you know, you just, you're entirely way too conscious of your eyes being closed and like hearing all the sounds around you and your breathing is like, yeah, I'm definitely, this is not, this is either not sleep or the world's lamest dream. <laughs> my, uh, my sister also has a dog, a golden doodle that is all black, which I hear is, uh, unusual maybe rare and so i got to walk the dog whenever i tried to offer my services whenever possible and so i decided to walk the dog i just thought it was interesting that dogs have the ability to stop and start with their poop as like a terror like i guess that's part of the territory marking business or instinct like it's not just urine i guess like as i just figured oh it, even that to me is uh interesting like this dog doesn't know how many territories it needs to mark i don't think like it's not going out into the world and being like i got five i got a five to knock out on this walk yeah we got that place at first in jefferson and then we have another, the other one at fifth in uh washington and then coming back in that little semicircle like right in that corner there yep yeah so that's three. Okay, I definitely have three. And then they know to pee enough at each stop. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, all right, I'm going to make sure that I have to do a third of my total pee so I can make sure each spot gets hit. They can do that with poop too? 
Like I'm just going to poop out one nug here and then I'm going to move over over there because I know that needs to get done today amongst many things. And I got to pinch one out over there. Just the, I guess the urethra sphincter digestive tract control that dogs have is, is uh, really quite impressive. Like the fact that they can be locked in a kennel for hours, hours and not pee in that kennel every single time. I don't know. Cause I don't know that you could do that a human. I don't know that a human could do that for four hours. <laughs> um, this was our beach day though. We went to the beach, which I always find it funny cause they don't live by the beach anymore. Like they used to live maybe like a five minute drive from the beach. Now they live, you know, it's a 45 minute drive. It's the equivalent of like me going to the beach tomorrow. You know, like that's a, that's going to be a 45 minute to an hour drive. Um, so yeah, we went, we ended up going to the beach. There's a lot of prep that goes into going to the beach. You know, there's just a, like a laundry, a litany of things that need to be brought. It's just to go to a place that has sand. <laughs> you know what I mean? All that friggin' prep to sit on <laughs> sand <laughs> and then not go in the ocean. Cause it's, is a step above ice oh dear god so there's a lot of prep that goes into that <laughs> and my sister thinks of everything like i just uh, i i would not i would forget probably half a dozen things but she's just on point um and the it's it's just <sighs> the sun is gonna get you okay i thought i put on one two three layers of sunscreen all over my freaking gross disgusting body and I still came away horrifically sunburned in three different areas. Three random areas that you're like, wow, okay, this sun is very precise. The fact that it caught, like, it, I didn't swipe all the way down the side of my foot. You got me there? Jesus. So, yeah, a lot of sunscreen. And I swear I put so much freaking sunscreen on my daughter's back. And no matter how much she was wiggling and wobbling while I was doing it, I was, I was positive that I, I really nailed it. And then, of course, it's so deceptive because you're standing there on the beach or you're laying on the beach and it's not red at that time. So you're like, all right, I think I'm going to make it through. No sunburns. Pretty sweet. And then as the day, as you leave, and then as the day progresses, you know, over the next hour, two hours, three hours, it just gets redder and redder and redder to the point where you're like, you look like you're in so much pain right now. Like, how are you not just in a pool of tears? So yeah, I got her back pretty bad, pretty bad. And then I got the side of my foot and like some random part of my rib cage. And then like in between the elbow and the, like the tricep. What? Like, really, I get no margin of error here. Like, you couldn't just say, well, he tried and not burn me there. <laughs> be sweet. I also have this in my right eye. I have like this flashy spot thing, you know, like if you look directly into the sun or in one way, or you looked into a light directly into a light and looked away like at the remnants of that. I have that going in my going on in my right eye. And it kind of feels like <sighs> my head is an old abandoned warehouse, you know. And there's just outdated shit everywhere. Just obsolete stuff. Just like hoarder style. And you walk in and there's like an overhead UV light that's flickering. Like that's what's going on in my eye. 
like my eyes, the window out to the world, my head's a building or you know, a headquarters, an office, a warehouse, and you can see the flickering of a UV light in the old abandoned warehouse. Ugh. While we were parking or, you know, parking to go to the beach, um, we found a spot and we were, it took, you know, like I said, it took us all, there were what, one, two, three, four, five, six, six people that had to put on sunscreen. And so we were there in the parking lot for a while and we saw a bunch of people pull in and then, you know, the way that the parking lot's set up, it's kind of deceiving where it looks like there's a spot and then you pull in and it's like, oh, this is a driveway. Or this is a fire hydrant, or this is a tree. Like, ugh, you could have made that a little more clear. Um, so you can see a bunch of people pull in and then pull out, and then this one guy comes and driving like a low rider, a low riding car, a car that's very low to the ground, and literally coming up the ramp because it was just oh such a tiny, teeny tiny ramp that normally like we didn't even feel because we're in a friggin' tank. Uh, no big deal. And this guy's not. And so he just ends up, you could hear him scrape the shit out of the bottom of his car. Just like, like, and then he had to come back out because there were no spots. And so we just did the same exact thing going on. I was like, just like, ooh, I just hear, I just hear like cast registers, dude. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. So I go to the pay for the parking and I was going to do it on the mobile app that I have, which I could do, but it was like, eh, I don't know. It's, it might get a little whatever. So I went to, they might charge a fee or something because it's a, why not? But there's an actual uh, parking ticket machine. So I go to it and I do as it, as I'm told, follow the instructions and then uh, it's like printing your receipt. And so it's a, it just says, take your receipt here. And so I'm looking around. I was talking to my sister. And I look back and I see the receipt come shooting out of the machine and then directly into a slot between the outside of the machine and the insides of the machine. Like literally the width of a piece of paper, the width of the receipt, this receipt went into that slot. And I was like, I... I think we're supposed to put that receipt in our window. And now like, do I need to jailbreak this friggin' machine to get this receipt? What are the friggin' odds, dude? And then of course, uh, my niece who's captain hindsight was like, Oh, there's a little spot for your fingers here. So, you know, to put your hand here to catch the receipt. So it doesn't do that. And I was just like, uh, where were you two seconds ago? Um, so we had to call the number on the machine and they had, they had no idea how to handle it. It was just like this, the, the paper fell back into the machine. It slid back into the machine. How is that possible? Um, so yeah, we get, we get on the beach and, uh, we're building like sand castles or whatnot by the, by the, uh, by the tide, the shoreline there as the water's coming up. And, um, my mom is calling me and I, I know because on the apple watch it says you know, i'm calling so i pick up and i'm trying to move away from the beach so that she can hear me and i can hear her because the tide you know is pretty loud the waves are crashing it's pretty loud it's hard to hear and uh so i turn away and then uh, she's like well i don't mean to distract you i'll let you go love you bye and i was like all right all right well you're not distracting me but it's fine 
bye bye. And then I turn back and my sister goes, did you see that dolphin? Oh my God, it was majestic. The dolphin was so cool. Oh, I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't mean to distract you, but I did distract you and there was a dolphin and that's like a once in a lifetime thing. Cool, 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 cool. Oh, the the moment we got on the beach, it was nice and clear, sunny day. And I look to my left and I just see, it just looks like our world is a drawing or a painting or an illustration and they haven't finished it yet. Like at the horizon line, that's what it looks like. Like we're on a blank sheet. We've been using a, this blank canvas and we're filling in all this other stuff, but then there's just like the blank canvas, you know, because we haven't filled it in yet with the rest of the world. <laughs> That's what it looks like. It's just like the world ended. And I was I was watching. I was like, is that what is that? And I felt like I was in that a disaster movie, natural disaster movie. Like, oh, that's actually like a poison fog that happens uh, every 30,000 years that we didn't know about. I don't know. And uh, immediately it was like, whoa, because it was moving towards us. Like you would see a building clear as day, make out everything. Every single detail of that building is within plain view. And then it like two seconds later, it's gone. You can't see it at all. That's how thick this fog or mist was. And then I was like, damn it. I was like, hey, I was <laughs> putting myself down and calling myself names because I never watched Stephen King's The Mist. And I was like, oh. like, I feel like I, if I had seen that movie, I would know what to do right now. Like, you know, and I met it and I had it, you know, it's been in my queue for years. Just never... F- came around to to watching it and committing myself to watch it. And I was like, no, I regret that. And now it's going to end my life because here comes the mist. <laughs> here comes Stephen King's The Mist. And I don't know how to handle it. Yeah. Uh, much like I said in one of my podcasts over the summer, you know, my many trips to Block Island, the game done changed when it comes to bathing suits and uh, swimsuits for ladies. I just can't believe that it was like a once in a blue moon type thing to see a G string or, or a thong bikini thong on the beach. And I feel like it's nonstop now it's everyone's got it. So many butt cheeks, so many butt cheeks. I did find it a little bit funny that we were in South Carolina and we were on the beach and the kids decided that they were going to build a moat for the sand castle. And so they decided they were going to build build the wall. You know, we're white, we're a white family, and we kid the kids wanted to build a wall. Then there was a Hispanic kid that decided that he wanted to play, and so he came over, and he wanted to destroy the wall and take the wall down. <laughs> I was just like, "Is this a political cartoon come to life? What's going on now?" Like <laughs> the white family wants to build the wall. The Hispanic uh, kid wants to tear it down. You can't make this shit up. So that, that definitely got a little snicker on me. Um, we then got pick up or take out from El Cerro Grande, which I was thinking about this. I don't know that I've ever had really great Mexican in South Carolina. Like this El Cerro Grande, it hits the spot in a way that like sometimes Sabaro can hit the spot. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, <laughs> I don't know if Sabaro is a good, uh, a good selection, <laughs> good choice, but 
<coughs> sometimes uh, it just hits a spot. It's not anything to write home about. It's just like, well, that that did the job. Job well done. That's kind of El Cerro Grande. There's no like mind-blowing Mexican down in South Carolina, which I always thought was kind of weird. Because you they have south of the border, literally, if you've never been through, you know, crossed the North Carolina, South Carolina state lines or whatever there's a little stop rest stop area called south of the border and i think they have rides and a huge store and all kinds of stuff we actually i think we actually stopped there the last time i drove uh with my daughter uh which would have been christmas right yeah so um i don't know you just think that there would be like awesome mexican places everywhere in South Carolina and they're few and far between, which is very odd. So I think like if I like, that's one of the many businesses I've made a list of businesses that I'm going to start and create and become super uber rich on. One of them is opening a Mexican food franchise, uh, in <laughs> South Carolina, or at least the Myrtle beach area. Anyway, we go to pick it up and my daughter and my nephew come with me and we're picking up the order and the woman sees my daughter and my nephew and says, Oh, I have seven grandchildren and uh, I, I know what they like. Is it okay if I give them each a quarter? And I'm like, quarter, like, okay, wow. That is some, that's some weird grandma type stuff, but all right. But then I look and I see there's like a gumball machine and some kind of candy machine. And I was like, Oh, great. We're going to pump them full of sugar before they have to eat their dinner and then not eat their dinner. And then be cranky from all the sugar and then not go to sleep and then have bad dreams and come and wake me up. Thanks lady. You have seven grandkids. Wow. Um, taking credit for seven. My God. So we can't eat that dinner that we just bought them. Cool. 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 It's funny though. Like we're talking a lot about kids and their tendencies, like saving food for later. How about when a kid is hungry, they're hungry right now. It's like um, you can announce, you can tell them straight up like, hey, dinner will be ready in 15 minutes. We're going to have dinner in like 30 minutes, like less than an hour. You can wait, right? Like, no, I need to eat right now. I'm hungry right now and I want something right now. Same with like going to the bathroom and having to pee, which that's why I got to give credit to... Uh, to my daughter because she has somehow found a way to beat, not beat, but to stave it off. I've never seen, I mean, she's had, <laughs> in my presence, she's had one or two accidents. And then she's had, I've heard of, or, or you know, the news is relayed that she's had one or two other ones. Um, so, but overall, I'd say her record, her track record is pretty impressive in terms of like not peeing herself or pooping herself. Even though I have a podcast episode about it, <laughs> the time that happened, um, you know, she's she does a pretty good job of being of being able to stay hold it off, um, which I was very impressed with on our flight home because the, uh, this whole like descent thing, initial descent, not being able to get up at all during that fucking descent is straight up illegal. Like it should be illegal, especially if you have a kid, a four year old girl. And you expect her to be able to like, and of course I asked her repeatedly, like, do you have to go potty? Do you have to go potty? Do you have to go potty? Right when I'm supposed to, like, we're about to get on the plane, but you can still go potty. Do you want to go potty? No. Okay. All right. We're about to start like going down as you say, um, do you have to go potty? No, I don't. And then of course 
they uh it finally comes and they say like okay we're beginning our initial descent buckle up you're not allowed to get up she turns to me and goes i have to go potty and i was like we're fucked because <laughs> uh you don't want to suffer the wrath of the flight attendant because the amount of attitude they give you over the freaking pa is uh whew, it is something to behold it's like there's a lot of repression and anger and fear and doubt and insecurity but also megalomania in that voice but um so i'm like you're gonna have to hold it i'm sorry we can't get up right now and then we are about to land and i'm like as soon as we land and get off the plane we're going right to the right to the bathroom we're going right to the potty okay so don't worry as soon as we land as soon as we get off so we're about to land and i look um she's awake and i look to my left I'm like, I hope this like goes quickly, whatever. I look back to my right. She is completely assed out, like passed out. Um, just like, looks like she died. Looks like she, she dead. She dead now. RIP, RIP. But, uh, I was like, and then, so I, (laughs) I started to try and wake her up because I was like, if she falls asleep right now and she had to go potty, She's going to pee her pants. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. You fall asleep. You lose that control. You're definitely flooding yourself. So I was, like, trying to wake her up to make sure that she doesn't pee herself. And it must have looked like I was trying to revive a corpse because <laughs> that's uh, that's how I felt it looked like. I'm like, come on, Brie. Come on. You got to wake up. Wake up, Brie. You know? As she's, like, n- not responding, it's like, ooh, Okay. Um, so that next day, <laughs> oh God. Yeah. The next day after El Cerro Grande, um, it was a chill day. You know, my mom baked some kind of egg dish that didn't cook previous night. She baked a dessert that didn't cook or bake through. It's a whole lot of raw materials entering the old gullet, entering the, my domain. Um, you know, so she has oven problems and I, I feel her. It sucks when it's like you set a temperature or something, you think it's the temperature, and it's not. It's uh, off by like 25 degrees, which is enough to not cook it. And the allotted time? Yeah, I guess that makes sense. And I've also told you guys that my sister has a chicken hen, uh, pen. Chicken pen? Bull pen. Hun het, het, hen hut? <laughs> what do you call it? Chicken house hut with like nine chickens. And so she basically gets can get like almost nine eggs a day, I'd say. Maybe half that four or five eggs a day. And so she basically for, I hear they live for probably 10 years, something like that. You're basically getting like unlimited eggs for a good decade. Um, and, uh, I was like, has it, do you think it's paid off yet? Has it paid off yet? Having these nine chickens, the amount of eggs you get. And she goes, no, it's like, <laughs> like, I don't know if it'll, I don't know when it'll happen. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Uh, but it looks cool and they're fun to look at and listen to. We also had an indoor Easter egg hunt, um, where my nephew cried again (laughs) and he was upset because he he was like, everyone needs to have equal amounts. And I'm like, you listen here, commie, you gotta earn your way through this. Um, like everyone had to have nine eggs and if you had more than nine eggs, then it was, uh, it was a problem. Um, and then we decorated the eggs with this eggmatic thing where you like you stick it in and it rotates it. And then you have like a pen or marker and you can just kind of 
lightly touch it and it becomes a ring around the egg or you can move it around and whatnot. So I got some, I got some sweet time-lapse videos of that. Very excited about that. Then we went in the pool and it's gotta be a record because the water was bone chilling. I don't think I've ever been in a pool in a non-exotic tropical place that early in my life. First week in April, that's gotta be a record. And the moment I get in and my heart stops completely, I see him getting swarmed by the kids and I immediately put a kibosh on it. I was like, no, no one's touching me. No one's coming near me. No one's talking to me. And uh, sure enough, they, they listen somehow by the, by the grace of God. <laughs> it's like, I cannot, you can't, it can't be going through this incredible shock to the system. And then also have you guys draped off of me. Like I'm going to friggin' perish in this pool. Um, Brie, my daughter's also learning to swim, uh, without swimmies. Or I guess not. I mean, this is the first time this year she's gone in a pool without swimmies, those little floaties that you wear on your arms around your, uh, you know, the vest. She did do it last summer and I was able to help her out. But this summer, this is the first, it's not even summer yet, but this year this is the first time this year. And it's in, in, insane how crazy high confidence she gets without being assisted so quickly. You know, it's like that first time, couple of times, like I'm kind of holding her belly you know, put my hand on her belly while she's doing it. And, and then it's like, I take it away and she thinks that she's like now doing the, the 400 meter against Phelps. Like, what are we, <laughs> whoa, there was some irrational confidence going on there. At one point, my sister goes, this is a direct quote, my life is chaos. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that is freaking badass, dude. You're a badass mom. You need your own Netflix series. I think this is so cool. My life is chaos. Uh, God, it's true though. Like I. I can't do what she did or does the, the fact that she's able to be like the, uh, I was going to say mother hen <laughs> to be like the watchful eye over these four kids that are all under the age of 10 and are caught. Like I felt like the majority of my time spent at this house is asking where someone is, where's so-and-so have you seen so-and-so? Where's so-and-so two? Is so-and-so three by you? Can you go check to see if so-and-so four has this? Like, where are they? Where, 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 where? Like, because you're just, you're just, they have the numbers on you. There's four of them and there's two of us. And it's like, you're fo like you can focus on those two and then I'll focus on those two. But then this one will come out of my perif and that one come out. And it's just like... Super hard to keep track and to keep them under, under, you know, because eventually a fire will appear, right? You gotta, and you got to put out that fire. And as you're attending to that fire, the both of you kind of attend to it because it seems like a big deal. The other one makes a break for it and is like halfway to Utah. It's like, what the hell? Oh boy. <coughs> I was, uh, I was hungry for a snack. So I took, they have a, a big box of Quest protein chips, which I, I, I dig. Um, I forget what the protein chips are called at my gym at work. Those are pretty good too. But so I decided to have some Quest protein chips. Mom was like, yeah, toss me a bag. So I was like, oh, okay. And then uh, my, ne my younger nephew and my daughter wanted some. And I was just like, I feel like this is an adult only thing. I don't know because it feels like, you know, <laughs> This is protein chips can only be consumed by adults because there's some kind of like, uh, you know, 
hormone or chemical or, you know, something in there that only adults can process, you know, that's the, you know, cause you look at some of these, uh, protein bars and protein, whatever. And there's like all these other ingredients that you're just like, I guess the pros outweigh the cons here. I don't know. But with a kid, it just feels like, uh, I don't think kids are supposed to eat protein chips, are they? And by the time I got through with that, I was like, I'm not sure what the side effects here are, but I was like, I feel like grandmothers, 72 year old grandmothers and children under four shouldn't probably not have protein chips. I don't know why. Like, I don't, it just feels like, oh no, what have I done? Like, <laughs> um, it was cool though. We, as a whole family, well, minus my mother, um, we watched the Mandalorian together. It was that Jack Black. Lizzo, Christopher Lloyd, Cameo Fest. Uh, and it was also part like buddy cop movie with Bo Katan and Din Djarin, just like being buddy, you know, being partners and having to chase down androids. But they, you know, popped a bunch of popcorn. And then my brother in law makes this drink with peanut butter screwball whiskey. So that tastes like you're a liquid PB and J, but it's alcoholic. I think he mixes it with cranberry juice and it's just so good. I really wish uh, my daughter would get into peanut butter and jelly. She's eating turkey, turkey sandwiches with cheese, turkey and cheese sandwiches. She's been eating those for well over a year now for lunch. I mean, that's all I pack for lunch for her. I didn't, I don't think I started to eat turkey and cheese sandwiches until I was like 11 or 12. <laughs> I was PB and J to the day I die for the first 10, 11 years of my life. I would, I want to, now I want to invent like protein PB and J sandwiches. <laughs> it's like the jelly is just straight protein and the peanut butter is straight protein and the bread is straight protein. And it's just, yeah. <laughs> um, had to wake up a little bit earlier the next day because my sister was going to get do a follow up visit for her LASIK. Like this is a, a girl who like was always wearing glasses. She wore glasses from the time that she was probably six or seven. She's worn glasses for basically her entire life and can't see anything without them. And so she had LASIK and this was the follow-up uh, appointment for that. And she, they said that all things look good. And my mom and my sister now have both had, had LASIK and my eyesight's not that bad. But if they can do it, I feel like I could do it. Because that the only thing that's been holding me back from LASIK is, one, my dumbass thought it was like a scalp, like there's a scalpel. Is there a scalpel involved or is it just lasers? I don't know. But I was like, I don't, I can't have any, I can't have, I can't have them. Like, I don't care how drugged up I am and how numb I am. Like that just freaks me out having someone like in my eyeball and cutting it and ugh. But they were like, no, it was like 10, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, like you're awake and aware of everything that's going on. You can feel, you can feel something is happening, but you can't feel the pain. Like, all right, maybe you have to look into it. I don't know. It's funny though. She showed me a video of when she had to wear like the protective glasses or whatever that you have to get after LASIK. And so they have this camera in their living room and it looks out in the living room. And it's basically so like, uh, my brother-in-law can keep an eye on like the homestead, you know, just check in every once in a while on the camera and see what's going on. And so they had footage recorded of like, it was my sister, 
and her two kids, you know, my nephew, my older nephew and my niece, and then the, the younger nephew and the younger and the, like, at, like one person's on their smartphone, one person's on their iPad, one's watching the TV. And then the little one just decides to pick up like a plastic gun and chuck it at the TV screen. And this TV, I mean, I don't, I think I've praised, sung its glory in previous episodes, but like, it's the biggest, best TV I've ever seen in my life. Like the, it's 4k, it might even be 8k. I don't know. It's definitely 4k and just looks so good. Everything on it looks so good. <laughs> so the little one took a plastic gun and just chucked it at the screen and just clipped the bottom of it. But it was enough that a one big thick black stripe appeared up the, <laughs> up the TV. I was like, Oh, does insurance cover that? I have no freaking clue, dude. So what a bummer, but he immediately, like I would have, I would have pouted and it would have taken me months to figure out what to do with that. Just cause I was, so, I'd be so downtrodden and distraught. My brother-in-law immediately, like the next day purchased a TV. <laughs> He's just like, no, fuck that. I'm going to go out and get the same exact TV. <laughs> Seize the day, my man. Yeah. Uh, what's crazy is my brother-in-law that same day that my sister had her follow visit, he was supposed to go to the, the, his doctor, doctor, doctors on doctors, doctors doing doctors. Uh, all right. Gray's anatomy. So he goes to a doctor for his appointment for his back because he, you know, surprise, surprise. I fucked up my back over Christmas trying to deadlift, trying to deadlift weights and sure enough uh my brother-in-law has uh encountered some problems with his back to the point where like i think he does have a sciatica and like you can see him struggle to stand up straight and like it takes him a moment to like feel good about taking that next step so he's been going through that but uh, whereas i would i would just like od on tylenol he's still lifting He's still doing six, seven days of friggin' one. He did, he did, he lifted, he did two lifting sessions in one day. I think it was that Sunday where it was like we did chest and then later that night he did shoulders. And I was just like a full one hour plus sessions. What is going on with a back that's like totally fucked? And so he goes to the, his doctors to get it, look, to take a look at it. And uh, lo and behold, the office is closed. <laughs> And the doctors called in sick and the receptionist never contacted my brother-in-law. So it's like, I feel like that happens a lot uh, in the burbs and in the country where it's just like nothing happens according to plan. Nothing. <laughs> it's just like, well, you got to pay by check. And uh, the guy who accepts checks and verifies checks, he's going to come in. He's supposed to come in today, but then his uh, goat died. So then he had to stay home for the goat funeral. And it's just like, <laughs> you know, it felt like everything had nothing is operating normally. <laughs> I'll just say that like what I consider to be normal, not happening ever. Um, I don't know how he's able to lift or why. I don't know. Um, he did, he, he did end up getting pretty stiff. Hey, yo, towards the end of the week. Um, so they were out and about. And so I had to, I had to watch the kids and the dog with, uh, my mom. Um, and I had to change the little guy's diaper. And this dipe was ripe. This thing was filled to the brim with doo-doo. Uh, and I remember tr changing my older nephew's diaper when he was about that age, when I was watching him for my sister while she was going to a wedding. 
And I ended up having, I got, I got fecal matter everywhere when I changed that diaper. This diaper was basically the same, same kind of stench happening. And, uh, without assistance, cause I had assistance that first time, um, came away unscathed, dude, the cleanest wipe known to man and was able to not get it anywhere else except where it was on the diaper. I, I still got it. That's why I think I haven't uh, pursued a vasectomy just yet. So I was like, I got one good one in the chamber left. I think I got it. But then I, I was thinking like, well, I don't want to have, do I really want to have another kid at 53? <laughs> you know, like I will be Jesus. I will be like beyond retirement. I'll be seven, eight years into retirement when my kid graduates high school. What? So yeah, maybe I should just get a get a snip snip. <laughs> I was thinking about that because I was watching the Masters and I know the Masters March Madness like that week, first week in April, we have March Madness and the Masters is uh or the March Madness in general, but also the Masters like if you can time your vasectomy around that time, you can get a lot of nice quality TV watching in. <laughs> That's why I thought about that. Oh boy. Uh, yes. I don't think I'm going to have another kid, but we did some yard work. <laughs> Felt good to till the soil. You know, I, I, there are times where I think I have this fantasy in a weird way or daydream of like, I could do this. I could do this yard work for the rest of my life and be happy. And it's like, mm, okay, maybe you'll take that leap someday, that plunge. My brother-in-law has this handheld drill or tiller it looks like a, a giant corkscrew that you would use to open a wine bottle and uh he just it's like it, it looks like it's heavy as fuck and he just uses picking up and just like putting it down picking up putting it down it's like oh my god dude what is going on um i love kegerators my god i love kegerators they have a kegerator now too they have a kegerator and uh, they have this beer. I forget the name of the brewing company. I meant to write it down, but it's it tastes like key lime pie, like key lime flavored beer. And it's just oh, so good and so addicting. Like even if you don't like limes or key lime pie, I dare you to taste this beer and not want thirds, fifths, eighths, ninths. It's just pennies from heaven, dude. Um, I get smoking another cigar. So cigar, beers from the kegerator near a pool. I mean, I don't, I'm not like a complicated guy. Very easy to please. And that's what does it right there. We got all cleaned up, had some dinner. Um, and we went to the Monster Jam Monster Truck Show in Florence, South Carolina. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Although it wasn't Sunday. <coughs> it was Friday. So we had to make the drive to Florence. Civic Center, uh, it's about, I'll say an hour drive. And I decided, I asked my sister before, as I was getting dressed, I was like, are you guys going to wear shorts? I feel like I can wear shorts. Like are shorts allowed at a monster truck rally? Like what is it? And so then I wore my Sperry's, my new Sperry's that absolutely slice me in the Achilles heel every time I take a step. Thanks for that Sperry. And like navy blue shorts and a like red button down <laughs> short sleeve shirt with white dots on them like looking like i was going to a yacht race 
And then I get there and it's just so cold, clouds everywhere, howling winds and driving torrential pouring rain. Oh my God. You could not have picked a worse outfit. And, uh, I, I look, you know, we ran to get to the, to under some, you know, some coverage, get out of the rain and look around and everyone else is in like jeans, boots, uh, hoodies, like beanies, like what, where did I, uh, really misfired here. Um, but the Florence civic center, um, it's 10, I think it's a capacity of 10,000 seats. It's not, I, I feel for these monster truck drivers. I really do because we watched like YouTube compilations of like the best monster truck jumps and stunts and what whatnot. And a lot of these stadiums are like huge and they have plenty of room to roam. And there's a lot of different jumps and uh, what have you spread out all over. Oh. This uh, Florence Civic Center just had like one, it really just had one big mound in the middle. <laughs> that was it. So I don't know that they really could do much. Um, you know, it was probably smaller than a hockey rink, but bigger than a basketball court. A little bigger than basketball court. I don't know. That kind of size. Like the monster truck itself, it takes up almost like a, a fifth of the friggin venue. Um, we got there. We got to our seats right as the national anthem was about to play. And I've never heard of speech like this before the national anthem. But again, I'm Northeastern, you know, this dude got on the mic over the PA and spit like the most patriotic speech about the United States of America being the greatest country ever and that we are the capital of freedom. And, and it's just like you are all in on this national anthem. I, I appreciate it. Um, in no way am I saying it's overkill. I'm just saying, wow, thank you. Because you don't normally get that before the national anthem. It's, just, it's like, please rise for the national anthem. Not like freedom, bravery, courage, you know, like, like a, a, um, not propaganda. Well, I guess some people might say it's propaganda, but like a, just a PSA promo for America that you would see like, in the 1940s movie theater, you know, here's how the boys are doing overseas. <laughs> and it's, uh, it doesn't hurt to remind you that the United States of America, it truly is capital of freedom. Yeah. Uh, there were one, two, three, four, five, six monster trucks there. Gravedigger still, still, still cruising 40, 40th anniversary of, of Gravedigger this year. Um, which is wild to think about that of all the monster trucks, like <coughs> like I used to watch monster truck, monster trucks when we lived in Lenore, North Carolina. I forget if it was TNT, TBS, USA, but they would have monster truck shows. And so I remember watching like Bigfoot, Carolina Crusher, um, Gravedigger. <sighs> there was like four or five others that I remember seeing. And now it feels like it's the last one that I recognize from my youth is Gravedigger 40th anniversary. But it's wild that like why Gravedigger has survived all these years, but like where's Bigfoot and where's these other great brands? I don't know. And some of the names it's like, and the designs like, this is what are we doing here? Terminal velocity. I think it was driven by a rookie. I thought that was a decent name long to say, but I guess a pretty decent ride. 
just get her done, which I didn't even, I thought, I, I thought it, like when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that must be like the practice truck or something. It's like, you know, you go to, to watch batting practice at a baseball game and they're wearing their batting jerseys. You're like, all right, well, that's not their, that's not what they're going to wear in the game. Right. <laughs> like, it's, like it just looked like a white blank truck body with just all the sponsors on it. And I was just like, okay, interesting. It feels like you didn't put a lot of effort in that one. <laughs> just get her done. It's like, what do you, what do you think about this truck design? Well, just get her done. Yeah. Okay. And then Megalodon, which I thought was probably the coolest design truck. It basically looks like a giant friggin' shark. It's got the, the dorsal fin, the big fin up top. It's got the flippers on the side and the tail. Next one was Monster Mutt Dalmatian, which uh, it seems like Monster Mutt has really hit a chord or struck a chord with like the younger kids, the younger fans or something, because they now have like three or four different variations of Monster Mutt. And this one is Monster Mutt Dalmatian. And I got to admit, well, we'll talk about it. Last, The last track was Wild Side, spelled, I think, normally. Like they couldn't even throw like a wide in there and a Y in there and then it would be like oh, wild stallions, you know, Bill and Ted's hello. But, uh, it was weird cause they started with one-on-one -on -one races and it's not a very big area. And then they have these weird inflatable cones, like one on each end of the oval. And it's like, if you run over that cone, quote unquote, or inflatable, like you're disqualified or something like that. It's like, why wouldn't you just put a pole there or something <laughs> like i guess because they don't want to fuck up the truck but like it feels like you could find something better than this inflatable thing this inflatable buoy but they started with one-on-one -on -one races and uh, uh for a second for a hot second i thought the monster truck that monster jam and maybe it is and maybe i'm just a fool for not realizing it but i feel like monster there was a point at the beginning where i thought monster jam was like pro wrestling in that it's scripted, it's choreographed and planned out, right? Because I think it was the second race, they're like, Wild Side was supposed to race, blah, blah, blah. And so they're like, the guy gets on the mic, the PA announcer, and he goes, Wild Side has 60 seconds to show up to the race. If he doesn't show up in 60 seconds, he's forfeits his turn. Can he make it in 60 seconds? So like, they're really, it felt like he was playing it up a lot. And so... That's where I was like, oh my God, this is pro wrestling. Like with like a second left, he's going to be able to start his truck and go to the, the racing line. It's going to be like this dramatic moment that they're trying to really harp up and hype up. And I was like, no, oh no, oh, oh, he really does have engine problems. Okay, cool. Yeah. So this is real. This is real life. This is not, <laughs> it's not fake. <laughs> it's real to me, damn it. So uh Terminal Velocity ended up winning the racing competition and uh they do an interview with him and they did an interview with the gravedigger driver as well afterwards and with some of the motocross guys, which was a motocross show at halftime. And it feels like they they've been coached up big time to deliver a message. Every time they talk, it doesn't matter who it is. They're always like, but we really appreciate you. And thank you so much. We appreciate you so much. And it's just like, I don't know if this is like a Southern hospitality manners etiquette type thing, or if it's like someone from Monster Jam is like, if you don't friggin' say this at the end of your interview, every interview, you're fine. They did, uh, there was some kind of competition 
it wasn't the freestyle competition. It was like the skill competition or something like that. And they had to do friggin' handstand verticals. Did you know that monster trucks could do that? Did you know that a monster truck can somehow get up on its and, and lean so that it's straight up and down with the front of the truck like that, like against the ground and then the tail of the truck up in the air. You knew that monster trucks could do that? Cause I didn't know that monster trucks could do that. And boy, a bunch of them did these handstand verticals and were it was legitimately like they were balancing, they were doing a handstand. They were trying to balance. So you could see them balancing, like slowly moving the truck up and back as they balanced it up. <coughs> and so then we got to, um, the, uh, here's what's also weird. And I don't even know if it's completely hundred percent true. It feels like it's just something that they do to get people to pay attention closer. The way that the scores are determined are determined by the crowd and the crowd has access to a website called judges zone. And then you go and you can give the person, the driver a score. And I was harsh as fuck, dude. I was the harshest judge there had to be like, there were, there were these two women drivers and uh, unfortunately, sexism be damned, they did not finish that well. I think they were the bottom two, <laughs> bottom two finishers. Um, I mean, they were. I mean, I, you know, I can't drive a monster truck, so they're doing better than me. But they, there was like a donuts competition. The one like didn't even get one revolution around, like one circle, and like tipped and fell over and had to be pulled off by a crane. <laughs> and the other one was the driver Megalodon. She was doing these jumps and like all her fins fell off. <laughs> it's just like, oh God. Uh, so, you know, I like, okay, you were supposed to do donuts, plural, and you couldn't do one before falling over. That's a zero. Like you just, you got zero donuts. You got zero donuts. Like, uh, is that people were, her final score was like, it goes to 10, I think. And her, her final score was like 5.76. And I was like, she didn't even, what? How did you get a, okay, all right. Good for you. Good for you. So yeah, it was harsh. It was incredibly tough, but I think uh, I was right in the end. If you look at my scores. The, like I said, at halftime, they had a motocross competition. And so they had jumps and they landed on an inflatable ramp, which I don't know if that's good or bad. Like obviously the harder ramps, harder landing, more a higher probability of like crashing falling off breaking something injuring something the inflatable ramp it's like you land and it's like you're landing on a cloud in heaven it's just a pillow um so i don't know if they they must as a motocross rider or driver or whatever like what are your thoughts on that is this like yeah i'm for it because i don't want to die or is this like it takes it just makes me feel like uh, I'm at a birth, kid's birthday party. <coughs> I uh, I went I used that time to go to the bathroom, to go to the restroom, and I ended up getting two draft beers. And uh, the only beer that they had on tap was Bud Light, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh boy, that's hilarious!" Because like Bud Light's in the news for having a trans uh, person spokesperson. And, uh, you know, I eventually, I was, I was, I just was laughing at the irony of like, you know, I don't know that the, a red state like South Carolina is very, uh, I don't know what their views are on trans people, but I assume it's probably not, uh, not great, <laughs> but it's just funny. Like that venue must've been like, saw that news and saw that they only have a button and was like, Oh, motherfucker. 
Okay. <laughs> I'll start filing the papers. Uh, the most noise of the game of the uh, the night came during a giveaway. There was some kind of case, and I don't know what this case was, but it looks pretty important. Silverish, I think it was covered. I think it was bedazzled, and it was signed by all the drivers. And I was like, "That's gonna be weird for the competitors, for the drivers tonight." It's like the loudest pop came when people wanted to win something for free, and it was it wasn't like it wasn't you putting life and limb on the line, doing jumps for the entertainment. That's that that didn't make them shout and clap and go hysterical. It's some kind of case. And they only like it because it's free. I don't know. But then again, it is signed by you. So that's got to make you feel a little bit better. Um, It was funny, though. They had these two hosts, I guess, guy and a girl. And the guy was just, it just, he was completely, it was a little bit helpful, but also was just funny because it was like anytime a truck had problems or issues or didn't perform as well or things didn't go to according to plan and didn't perform well or might have disappointed the crowd. He immediately comes in with like uh, making excuses for the driver or for the truck or for the course, you know, blaming the course and then saying well, the truck uh, had all new parts. And then it was like, da, 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 and like, Oh, there was a death in the family. <laughs> like, it was just like, this guy has just a cheat sheet of all the go-to lines for making excuses for like the trucks, the drivers, of course, and everything. Um, like he always had a reason for why this, there was this underperformance, you know, it was like, well, two weeks ago, I know that they had an a chassis problem down, down Jacksonville. And it's just like, Holy crap. Like this is a, informative and i appreciate it but also you gotta stop making excuses <laughs> and then we finished the night by going to bucky's which is interesting because when i was at my work off site there was our uh, one of our sales people ad sales people was wearing a bucky shirt and i was like oh that's pretty that's pretty cool i like that and then we ended up going to bucky's and it's uh, i don't know if it's self-proclaimed or if my brother-in-law made it up but the world's largest gas station and uh, not lying, not joking. I don't, I'd like to meet the gas station bigger than this one because it had had to be a hundred pumps, more than a hundred. Like, take think about when you are driving ninety five or a major highway, and there's a big rest stop, and you go to that gas station. There's probably like what five, six lanes, maybe a dozen. This one had more than twenty five lanes. Had to be more than twenty five. Then there's just a gigantic like Costco looking warehouse on steroids and you walk in and they have literally everything and anything under the sun. But like their merch is cool. I'm I'm kind of bummed that I didn't go and like purchase some merch. <coughs> we have, my daughter had to go to the restroom. So I took her in the men's restroom, of course, world's largest restroom. There was like a hundred plus stalls in urinals. It's out of control. There was a beef jerky bar. I've never seen anything like that. Where they had like had to be a dozen different varieties of beef jerky. One was ghost pepper, you know, teriyaki, all all the favorites, but also some curveballs thrown in there. They have incredible a fudge station, fudge bar station, where like I wanted fudge so bad. It was like, like if I eat after nine o'clock, any kind of sugar guaranteed night terror and it's like i just i'm kind of overnight terrors at this point but uh 
So I didn't get it, but they got it. They got tons of fudge. And it was just like, how are any of you going to get to sleep tonight? It is some old people shit to think about. So the day before Easter, my sister, I mean, that night, my, I offered to help, but my sister's like, no, I can do it. And I was like, all right. So she's just going to put like some chocolates and some plastic eggs and hide them around the apart, the, the house. That's cool. I mean, how much work could that be? She ended up putting together like these incredibly ornate, like intricate baskets of chocolates with toys and all that. So I was just like, what are you doing? Easter's not a big day. It's not a big day. Really not a big day. Look at this friggin' masterpiece of a basket. Um, and of course, tears were shed. I mean, that's just how it goes. You know, like I, that's mine. This is mine. No, that's mine. Yours is over there. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure that's mine. Well, I didn't get one yet. Well, that's mine. Okay. <laughs> it was just like at the point where I, my eyes kind of glazed over and, and people were like, are you all right? And, and I was just like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I don't know if I could do like, it's just, it really is chaos <laughs> all the time. Um, and then we did a chest workout and I tell you, I worked out more in that one week than I have in the past year for sure. It was every day. And since then I have not lifted a single weight and you can, I, I can tell, I can just feel it. We got to use the sauna. Yeah. So in addition to the hot tub, there's a sauna. The sauna is cool. I was telling my, it has speakers so you can play music over the speakers. It does not have like the rocks that you can pour water on that sizzles, which is like a staple in most saunas, but it does have uh, a little place where you can burn essential oils. And so my uh, brother-in-law was, was had the eyedropper and was doing that supposed to help with detox and recovery or something. Infrared heat. In the front and in the back of the sides or something like that. Um, it, it's about the size of a telephone booth, though. And I was in there with my brother-in-law. So you just see these two larger individuals. One muscularly developed, the other Flavius Fudge, um, sweating and beating up in the, in the sauna. But, I mean, the last time that I felt like I was in the sauna was I was 13, 12, 13 years old. And I was playing pop Warner football. And, uh, I was overweight. So like they have a weight limit. <laughs> it was 125 pounds or I think it was 125 pounds. You had to be under at or under 125 pounds in order to play. And I was like right above that. Like, I think I started off the season 130, 135, maybe, maybe even 140. I don't know. And, uh, you know, cause if I play in the next level up where you have to be uh, more than 125 pounds, those kids are like three years older than me. Like, no, not, no. Two, even two years, one year, two years older than me. They're going to get my ass handed to me every, every down. So I decided to lose the weight. And uh, so I would like do a lot of running in sweatsuits. And then I would go in the sauna with my coach. Uh, I know like you're getting like Jerry Sandusky vibes. It wasn't anything bad. I was like in a bathing suit, but he decided to go like fully nude and uh, just like big old, old, old dude sack hanging and flopping around. Um, that was my last experience with a sauna. <laughs> that had to be when I was 12, 13 years old. And I saw my coach's hose. Whoa. Um, but that was, that was refreshing. Oh no, actually that it also reminded me of, that wasn't the last time. It reminded me of shock the body, which is, uh, 
what we did with ball game down in Tampa in my mid twenties, which I don't think I could do now, which is, you know, to get over a hangover, you shock the body, which means you have to go to a place like my buddy's complex where there's a pool, which has cooler water, cold water, and then a hot, uh, a sauna, which is hot air. So you go in the sauna for 15, 10, 20 minutes, and then you go jump in the pool, shock the body, come out and go back into the sauna, back in the pool and do that couple of times and it's just like uh, uh, you're not thinking about that hangover anymore <laughs> um yeah so that was that was basically the trip <laughs> nice quick uh recap no big deal um i did feel uh i feel bad you know because like we flew back i was supposed to rent a car and drive back we flew back and so now i got an uber back to the house which means i spent like 200 on ubers the first three ubers canceled on me at the Philadelphia airport. And I had picked up some Chick-fil-A, um, you know, before getting on the plane and Chick-fil-A has, I guess, a pretty noticeable aroma, I'd say. And so I imagine the people around us, uh, must've smelt it. And then I decided to bring it into the Uber because I figured, well, I don't want to be on an hour long car ride. And she keeps asking me for something to eat or drink. And she wants her milkshake and her nuggets. And it's like, well, we're on the freaking highway, dude, for the next hour. So I decided to bring it into the car and like the driver had to ride with the, her window completely down the entire time. I was like, oh, I feel like such an ass. And of course, uh, my daughter was doing these windmill things and hit my hands to the hit the bag out of my hands. It falls on the ground. I didn't realize at the time, but it shake spilled all inside the bag. So I'm like holding that and I know I'm just going to get, I'm like, I don't feel it, but I know I'm going to get out of the car and look down. And it's going to be like, I milkshaked myself. Like you just, did you just, did you just go number two out of your number one? Uh, but no, she, she never did want it. It just stunk up the car. <laughs> So yeah, that was the trip. Um, Sunday, I didn't do jack squat and it was so quiet and relaxing. Like literally, like normally I uh, will immediately throw on the TV or, you know, uh, at work, I'll put on some music. But that Sunday and that Monday, it was just the sound of silence. And it was golden, my friends. I could not, my ears were like, thank you so much. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> Um, yeah, this is the laziest day. I don't, I think the move goal on my watch is not high. It's like 330, something like that. And like, I barely hit a hundred on Sunday. <laughs> I was just like, I am firmly planting my butt cheeks in this couch and I'm not getting up until I, I until my eyes can't take no more. And I did exactly that. I ordered delivery twice. I got a Princetonian diner takeout delivery huge veggie omelet that came with two slices of bread. So I made this huge egg sandwich and then a big ass yogurt bowl. And then I ordered a whole bunch of Chinese food for dinner. It was just like, this is the ultimate fat kid Sunday. Like I, and I feel like I deserve it because I just went through six or seven straight days of like, we gotta go, we gotta go. Where's so-and-so this is what's happening. All right. Now do this. Now do that. Daddy, look at this, do that. And it's kind of cool. Cause you're just, super duper active but then it's like you can see what happens to me when i don't have that much responsibility like he's not with me it's just like we're gonna go full degenerate mode <laughs> you're gonna be the, you're gonna be a slug today enjoy um 
And then uh, I'll get into some of the other stuff from uh, this past week on the next episode. So thank you so much for for watching. Thank you much. Thank, thank you so much for allowing um, my voice inside you. Thank you for that. And uh, we'll talk soon. A couple next episodes, Giants NFL Draft Preview. Got to talk about Mets baseball. I mean, they're damn near three weeks into the freaking season. And then I got some movie reviews coming up. Ooh, baby. Hope you like contact. Thank you so much. And adios, muchachos.